You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. This is It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati with Lindsey Patterson and Mike Santagata. We are back on It's Always Game Day in Cincinnati, our little doubleheader Thursday mailbag. Plenty of draft questions. We'll go ahead and get to them. Jamal Kemp says, if the Bengals draft Jameer Gibbs, how does he fit into this offense? And what does that mean for Mixon? We've talked plenty about the running back room, but just in case you missed those podcasts, Mike, what would Jameer Gibbs bring to this offense? The pros, guy you could check that ball down to, and you're probably getting explosive plays at a pretty high clip. I compare I, the common comparison is Alvin Kamara. I just think that's he. It's not bad, but I think the better one is CJ Spiller back when he played for the Bills, and CJ Spiller was good. Uh, but he's not a full time guy. Uh, that is true of both Kamara and Spiller. You know they don't. They never got. At least I don't think they ever got three hundred carries in the NFL. Kamara gets a ton of targets and catches, but he wasn't. He's still not Larry Johnson <laughs> running that ball or anything, uh, Rudy Johnson. But um, so that's where you see that is just in the passing game, a weapon, a guy you can dump the ball off to, and he's going to make a guy miss. He's got high, high end speed, good hands. Although he did, it stuck in my mind because I don't watch college football much, and I watched Alabama versus I want to say it was Tennessee, and he dropped. Um, a clear first down on third down, like to end the game. And I believe Alabama lost that game. Yeah. Cause Hendon Hooker hit a deep shot and they kicked a field goal. Yeah. So that, that sticks in my mind. Although I think he has good hands. I, I think that was just an aberration. Um, overall receiving weapon, home run speed, game changer in terms of how defenses may defend you. That's what you're hoping for. Uh, and I think he could take advantage of a lot of the fronts and coverages that the Bengals see. The con, the, I don't want to say cons, but I will say they probably need to feature the running back more in the passing game if they're going to draft him at 28 because, or a trade down. But they're they're not getting him at 60. So probably feature him more in the passing game more than they do right now. More screens maybe, although they're not great at those maybe just have more choice routes, more Texas stuff, more just something to get that guy, use his change of direction, use his receiving ability. And then I don't know if he's a clean 
fit for their current run game in terms of the gun gap stuff. I, th- I see him more as a guy that really reads open field well, rather than reading the big bodies and leverage of the inside and tight quarters well. So that's one thing I think you would have to find a way to get him into the open field on the perimeter more than you do run him between the tackles. And they didn't really do that with Mixon or P. Ryan, but at the same time, that's because those guys are better on the inside. So if you get him, you have to change the offense a little bit to really maximize his potential. It's a very exciting pick. I can't think it's going to be BPA at 28. I just, I I am not a full on like running backs don't matter. I was fully aboard Bijan at 28, but that's because Bijan is a better. That's the one thing is just, he, he's not a pass protector, at least right now. And a lot of it's size, but sometimes he has lapses and the technique's not there. It's it's tough because then you run into the issue. Mixon's a great receiver, but he can't pass protect. Who's on the field? Need to win it. Super Bowl two minute drill. Samaj P. Ryan. So is it is are you going to go Zeke Mixon Gibbs or something like some crazy backfield like that, which sounds awesome. And Gibbs is the most explosive guy. And I still think in the playoffs and two-minute drill, it would probably be Zeke out of those guys that's on the field just because they trust him the most in pass protection. All right. Well, I, I just feel like it I feel like if they were looking at their BPA and there was a running back on the board and Bijan went. I, I still feel like Bijan's gone in the top 15, but I could be wrong. Anything could happen on draft night. I think if you were if they were going the Gibbs route because all of their other BPAs are gone, that they will not be picking on Thursday night. They will move early into the second round. It does, That's just it does take two to tango, and we learned that from John Ross. We did. And the thing is, Duke Tobin again, I'm saying he didn't really say too much in his press conference, but he was asked about that. You know, are you open to moving from 28? And he's like, Yeah, I mean, of course, if the if the opportunity presents itself, this team will will make the best move possible. And I for content reasons of the podcast, I really hope they draft on Thursday night. That would be really great. Because an extra day of no pick on the first day of the draft, I don't want that to happen. But it would be kind of fun to uh, do a uh, three picks on Friday. It also would so be me- fun to wait that long and then they trade out. Oh, no. No. I still have flashbacks to when they, they traded back for Jackson Carmen. No offense to Jackson Carmen, but um, that really bummed me out. I was bummed out before that because Landon Dickerson went the pick before and that was my guy. Somebody, the Eagles traded up to get him too. I was like, oh, come It's on. questionable. Questionable, questionable pick. Uh, Marco says, which positions are the Bengals most likely to double dip on next week? Uh, I think that goes with the class somewhat. Like what's deep in the class? Running backs deep. You can see that tight ends pretty deep on these day three types. So I could see that. And corner is corner and wide receiver are deep, but wide receiver is so shallow up top. I don't think they double dip there. I could see a double dip at corner. The ones I keep thinking of are running back and tight end, though. Just two two position groups that you could really make a committee out of, and you could do it in this draft if it hits right. We'll go to Jeff. He says, if the Bengals draft seven players and they don't address one of the following positions, offensive tackle, tight end, running back, rank your area of concern. Um. Well, I honestly don't know if they draft a tackle. Like, I just don't. Dewan Jones at 60 is the one I keep thinking 
really could happen. But other than that, I keep coming back to in my mind of like, if, if Jones isn't there at 60, I don't think the value will be there at 28. And I don't think they're going to reach for somebody at 28. And then it's not a good tackle class after that. It's This is pretty well documented at this point, at least at scouts. They're saying this offensive line class is one of the worst they've seen. And that just is what it is. I, I heard um, friend of the show, Duke Mayweather, on uh, the Trench Warfare podcast. This was months ago. And this is what keyed me in at the very beginning. He said a team that he talked to, they had, I think it was six draftable guards, not six day one guards, day two guards, draftable. That's so low. That's that's nothing. I mean, and that's why I know they're kind of dealing with this situation with Jonah Williams, but that's why this free agency getting Orlando Brown was absolutely huge. Uh, because they were going, they needed a left tackle after the season, and they thought about the future. And you at least have him for four more year, four years, and you can focus in on finding that right tackle position going into. If you don't get it done this draft, you'll get it done next year, and then you'll just have to fill the void of either it's maybe Lyle. I still don't think he's going to be ready for the season. Jackson Carmen could be out there, and if Jonah Williams is on the roster, Jonah Williams is an option at right tackle. So that's why that free agency move just feels absolutely huge when you think about this offensive line class in 2023. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Uh, Boxy says, do you see a surprising move in the draft that the Bengals never go through that maybe they never they never do or a move that they they do in the nfl draft in my mind that's a trade up right yeah trade up cam taylor Britt, but that was in you know that was in the second round last year they did trade up to get him yeah have they ever traded up in the first round that's i don't i uh bengal's twitter will let us know if we're wrong but i do not think so or at least i remember of them trading up in the first round i don't see it but man I think the way that works is if Jonah's included in the trade and then you move up that way. So that's the yeah. way I could see it happening. But I don't think they'll just send a first and a fourth to move up four spots so that they can get Kalijah Cansey. Like, man, that sounds cool. But this team loves making all their picks. What do you think about it? I think with only having seven picks – and we talked about how important it is to really just hit on this draft because not a lot of teams hit on it. And, and it's and it's big for this defensive side of the ball where you need to save money with these offensive contracts. So I think trading up in the first round would be – that would be extremely surprising. And I just don't see it happening. I, I think the realistic view of that is they don't draft it all on Thursday night and they trade out to the second round. Um, I just don't. I don't see it. I mean, even if they find the trade partner for Jonah, um, I actually want to get to Bengals party next because he did say, what can the Bengals realistically expect to get to the trade comp for, for Jonah Williams? And is it going to be something where you can even move up in the first round or you get that team's first round pick and they get yours and then maybe you get a fifth? I don't. I mean, what, that, what does that look like if you're trading with someone on draft weekend for Jonah Williams? Yeah, my first thought is Jonah Williams' trade value is probably – if you're going to meet what the Bengals are expecting and what other teams are sending, probably a third. 
late third, maybe an early fourth. And where that has value would be, that's essentially what you trade when you move up a few spots, right? So that's what I think the Jonah Williams trade could be is just swap. That's too far. But my first thought was 19 with the Bucks. It's probably too far for just a pick in Jonah and then swap. So maybe you swap somewhere else too, but that's an example of and maybe somebody trades down. The Colts trade all the way down. And then they trade down more because there's whatever. They still have guys they like. And then you trade up to 24. I don't know. Is that the Vikings pick? Maybe the Vikings traded up for Will Levis or something. And then you could trade down again with the Colts. So the Colts double trade down. Um, that could be in play. So many ways to go about that to find an exact one. I don't know. But. I think that's what the Jonah Williams trade could look like because I don't think a team's just going to send their third round pick for Jonah Williams, but it does sound a little more appetizing if you're just, well, we're moving down in the draft, we're keeping all our picks, and we add this guy that might be able to start for us at left tackle. And that team, you can correct me if I'm wrong, because they picked up the fifth year option when it comes to the guaranteed money. The team that trades for him has to pay him $12 million. Can the Bengals pick up any of that compensation? I believe so. I think they can choose to pay so much. Will they know? <laughs> I don't see yeah. that happening yeah. at all. You know what you want him? You're going to pay the $12 million. Yeah. That, that would be the whole value in trading him is saving the 12 that's, something million. That's the only thing that I feel like, and 12 million is not a whole lot for an offensive lineman these days, but 12 million for someone who is right around, I hate when I'm trying to describe Jonah Williams, average or below average below-ish he's somewhere, we'll put that, him right there. He's somewhere in that median line who's gonna does somebody want to pick up 12 million dollars and give you a draft pick and take on 12 million dollars for light, left tackle that you don't you don't really even know if it's gonna work out or or it's a good option for one year i mean are there te- i would say offensive line is still a problem in the nfl but can you think of teams that are like yep i need a left tackle badly right now i'm gonna pay 12 million dollars to cincinnati it's hard because you're probably looking for like uh more of a contender too right and like the Bucks and Colts aren't contenders. <laughs> Maybe they can convince themselves. Maybe the Bucks are convinced Baker Mayfield is it. They want to protect him, and probably not. We saw the deal. <laughs> so yeah, like it, it, that's the hard part. Is I can find some teams that could use him, but they're bad for a reason. It's not like they're a left tackle away. So maybe your trade compensation for Jonah Williams comes in camp if a guy gets hurt. We're going to say all of this. We're going to break down Jonah Williams for like two more months and then he'll end up being the starter uh, in September, which I'm totally fine with. If Jonah Williams can is, be an okay that is average right now, I think out of all the guys. Yeah. I, I hope he's out there starting and, and he's a part of this offensive line. Um, but at the moment he isn't and the front office is being pretty quiet about it, which I don't blame him. Uh, Taylor, we're going to get to you really quickly. This is bringing some Lorenzo Neal vibes. He says, give me one good reason why the Bengals shouldn't draft a fullback in the later rounds. No, I'm all about it. Go ahead. Uh, one good reason they shouldn't. I guess you could draft a punter instead. <laughs> they need one of those. They don't use fullbacks enough. I think would be your actual reason. But if you draft one, you'd probably use them, right? <laughs> I mean, I remember Pecco and um, Sam Hubbard maybe once or yeah, twice yeah. And, on goal line situations, but I'm all Marvin, for it. Yeah. Marvin Hugh, they liked using a fun fullback idea. Yeah. Brian, so, Brian Leonard yeah. was kind of a fullback. Yeah, he was leaping Leonard. 
He made I think that, was that one, yeah, because that one play and seared into everybody's memory. <laughs> You're 2009. So right. 2009, baby. <laughs> if I would just put Brian Leonard out on Twitter, people would reply with Bleeping Leonard. They would probably get the photo of that one moment. Oh my God, I forgot. I found the funniest, maybe not the funniest, but one of the funniest uh, highlight cutups. It was Brian Leonard. And it was set to, uh, I think it was Creed's My Sacrifice. And they ran out of clips. So there were just images of Brian Leonard at one point. I tweeted it out when I found it, but it was probably like midnight or something when I was on YouTube. It's like, YouTube knows what I'm after here. <laughs> this is hilarious. It, it was just, it was just, there was, it was the Windows Media Player, like slideshow effects too. Like mm -hmm. the picture like crumples away and a new one comes in. It was so <laughs> funny. It was so funny to me. Okay, so if anybody's listening right now, we need a Brian Leonard highlight to the Creed soundtrack. <laughs> the, on whole, Twitter. The, whole <laughs> the whole album. Finally, a good use of Twitter Blue, a 40-minute Brian Leonard highlight yeah. reel. If you have a blue check mark, this is your homework going into Friday. We need that clip on social media tomorrow, the Leaping Leonard, tomorrow, and then I'm all for it. Wow. Tomorrow, you have, no you have a couple hours. How are they even going to find Brian Leonard clips? Twitter, Twitter's good. You're Twitter right. podcast right. listeners, if they're listening to this podcast, they're really smart. So I know that they can get it figured out. So that's your homework. If you're listening and you have Twitter blue, you're going to be able to create this video. And if you don't get it done now, just by next Thursday before the draft. Give it to us content. at least in the off season for content. Yeah, I should I shouldn't say tomorrow. You're right. Give give us some time. But there's plenty more. There's plenty of questions I want to get to them in our next segment on it's always game day in Cincinnati.